keys are to the glory days at the stick. From who's got it better than us to brick by brick. It's always the 49ers way from off season to game day. Yeah, we talk back. It's the 49ers cut back. It's 49ers Cutback Podcast time. We have an exciting show for you today. You're not going to want to miss a single second. We got the Azorian one on the episode today with his own spin on picking games. We're going to break down both starting lineups for you and talk about the key matchups for how the 49ers can win the game. And now it's time for the starting lineups for the 49ers and Cardinals. And the starting lineup for your San Francisco 49ers. Right tackle, Mike McGlinchey. Right guard, Daniel Brunskill. Center, Ben Garland. Left guard, Lakin Tomlinson. Left tackle, the manster himself, Trent Williams. At tight end, the people's tight end, George Kittle. At wide receiver, Debo Samuel. At wide receiver, Kendrick Bourne. At fullback, Kyle Juszczyk. Juice! At running back, Raheem Mostert. And at quarterback, Mr. Jimmy GQ, Jimmy Garoppolo. And now the Cardinals defense that will be tasked with stopping the second highest scoring offense in the game last year. They come with the 3-4. Up front, they have Zach Allen, Jordan Phillips, and the 11th-year veteran Corey Peters. At linebackers, they start Devin Kennard, rookie Isaiah Simmons, Jordan Hicks, and coming off leading the NFL with 19 sacks last year, Chandler Jones. In the defensive backfield, they start veteran Drake Kirkpatrick at one corner, Jalen Thompson at safety, the $59 million man Buda Baker at the other safety, and four-time All-Pro Patrick Peterson at the other corner. Now it's time for our key matchups for the game today. We'll start off with you, Alex. What is your key offensive matchup for the 49ers? All right, so for me, key matchup for the 49ers, it's a big one, okay? It's a huge one. It's Jordan Reed, and and let me tell you why. Jordan Reed is the piece that we added this offseason specifically for teams in the NFC West, like the Cardinals, like the Seattle Seahawks, who are going out and grabbing guys, signing Budabaker to an extension, trading for guys like Jamal Adams, okay, to make it harder for them to guard Kittle. I have a feeling they're going to send a lot of double teams. They're going to try and disrupt Kittle's flow as much as possible. So Jordan Reed versus that linebacking core versus the safeties, whoever it ends up being, whoever decide, they decide to put on him in space, it's going to be crucial and important for him to be able to exploit that matchup, even if it's just red zone touches. Um, we saw it the second game last year that they played. The second time the, the Cardinals and the 49ers played last season. Ross Dwelly with Kittle out had four catches for 14 yards, but two huge touchdowns in that game. It's vitally important that Reed, especially in the red zone, is a viable option that we can exploit against that, that secondary or that linebacking core of the Arizona Cardinals. And if you're ta- asking me, which is, which is the better option? Is it Jordan Reed or is it Ross Dwelly? I love Ross Dwelly, but Jordan Reed is a much better receiving tight end. For the 49ers, Jordan Reed is going to be so impactful this year. Like you said, the NFC West teams went ahead and decided that they were going to do everything they could to stop George Kittle. So the 49ers have found ways, you know, around that uh, specific move. And Buda Baker is just no match for George Kittle um, or Jordan Reed in this case. I don't think that Jordan Reed 
is going to be covered by uh, Buda Baker very much. So that means it's a linebacker. And if you're covering uh, Jordan Reed with a linebacker, that's a mismatch made in heaven for the 49ers and Kyle Shanahan. I don't think there's any way any one of Arizona's Car- Arizona Cardinals linebackers can cover Jordan Reed one-on-one. Um, and then he's too smart to see. He'll sit down in zones. He's going to be all kinds of problems. So, yeah, I got. I think Jordan Reed's going to cause major problems for Arizona secondary. Let's be honest. After his record-breaking 2018, every NFC West team, if not every team they played, came in to stop George Kittle. Now they're going to come in. That seemed to be the one thing that did work a little bit against the Niners last year um, to slow them down. Now you come in to stop George Kittle, we're coming at you with another pro bowler at tight end. That move was huge. I think I agree with you. I think that's going to be one of the biggest things this week because Buda Baker is supposed to be a big-time player. We'll see. All I remember is him getting stiff-armed to the ground, but he's supposed <laughs> to be a big-time player. He can't cover both of them. So, Ant, I'll throw it to you then. For your offensive key matchup for the 49ers against the Arizona Cardinals defense, what are you thinking? What are you seeing? I'm kind of going the same way that you went, except for mine is uh, George Kittle versus Buda Baker. Um, I remember this was a key matchup last year, especially in the first game. And Kittle went six for 79 in a touchdown on an injured leg. Uh, he threw Buda, like Alex said, a horse said a second ago, which was um, my, one of my favorite plays of the entire season because it was funny. And he just, he was, Buddha's no match for George Kittle. They just gave him this huge contract, and Kittle's going to make him eat every single dollar. He's going to rub it in his face. I do think that they'll try to take Kittle away, um, depending on what we have on the outsides with uh, Devo and Brandon Ayuk. Um, I think that'll make the big difference in how Kittle's covered. But this is a mismatch. And if you get McKinnon in the backfield too with Jordan Reed, problems for the safeties, problems for the linebackers. So, yeah, big advantage for the 49ers with George Kittle against Buda Baker. Yeah, Buda Baker, like I said earlier, he thinks he's somebody. He's not ready for George Kittle. This matchup way favors the Niners. They George Kittle ran him over with a broken leg. <laughs> George Kittle had a 6-for-80 and a touchdown on a broken leg. Right. I mean, that's how much better of a player he is than Buda Baker. On a broken freaking like cue up that uh that Greg Jennings Madden clip of him yeah. he's running for a touchdown putting the team on his back putting though. the team on his back though uh yeah no that's it's that's what it is Buda Baker talented talented young safety in the league um you know the the Arizona Cardinals think so stats wise number wise it shows he's he's a very talented young and upcoming safety in this league George Kittle is a young and not upcoming tight end he is the tight end in the league. Um, this is not even close. There is no matchup here. This is just annihilation and full throttle pain and punishment coming for Buda Baker on Sunday. Uh, watch out. It's going to be brutal. I'm so sorry, Buda, that you have to start off the year this year this way. But it is what it is. We get to take advantage of it. I'm super jacked for it, man. Super jacked. I got my popcorn ready. <laughs> I can guarantee that uh, Horst over here's key matchup for offense is going to be a little bit different than ours just because of who he likes and all that. So, Horst, tell us your key matchup for on offense for uh, 49ers versus the Cardinals. My key matchup I'm looking at, as always, involves the big, beautiful men that play the offensive line position. And there it is. And it's <laughs> going to be the combination of both Trent Williams and Mike McGlinchey against Chandler Jones. 
Chandler Jones got a sack each game last time they played, and he was in Garoppolo's face a whole awful lot every time they tried to throw. He caused a problem. Um, Trent Williams, the last time they faced each other for a full game, allowed one pressure the entire night. So this might be more of a more of a McGlinchey problem because I can guarantee you if if Williams starts stonewalling him, they're going to put him over on McGlinchey's side, and McGlinchey's going to have to step up and block him because if you don't, it's going to be a long night of Chandler Jones in your face. So while I say both of them, it's almost more important with McGlinchey because he does struggle in pass pro sometimes, although he's gotten better every year. No, I, I agree with you there, man. I, I think that's a, a very key matchup. I, I think the thing I'm looking f- looking at with that matchup most, though, like you said at the end there, is McGlinchey. I'm not too worried about Trent Williams as much from everything that we've been he- hearing about in camp and what we've been seeing. It looks like this dude is just that dude. He's just that guy. He's prepped. He's ready. The The year away from the game didn't hinder him. There may be some rust early in that game. But once that adrenaline gets pumping and he gets back in the flow of things, maybe one or two possessions into that game, one or two drives in, I think the rust is going to go off and you're going to see the all-pro Trent Williams that everyone knows and loves. And I'm stoked for it. I'm excited for it. Hopefully McGlinchey is up for the challenge. Chandler Jones is no joke. He's the real deal. Um, And if he is, that offensive line, like you had mentioned in a previous episode, Ant, that could be a top five line in the league. Yeah, Chandler Jones is going to get eaten by Trent Williams. I don't even think that's a question. Um, he, he's just going to get owned. And so I think it is, horse is right. It's McGlinchey versus Chandler Jones. Chandler Jones on that side um, is going to be where he's going to stay most of the game. And if he does line up on Trent Williams, I feel sorry for him. So I think he's going to, I think he's going to be asking him what syrup he wants on that pancake because it's about to be bad. Um, Trent Williams is a, a freak of nature, a different type of athlete. So Mike McGlinchey, strap it up, baby. I hope you do a good job. And if Mike McGlinchey handles Chandler Jones, Jimmy G is going to have a long time to throw, and there's going to be a lot of big plays out there. And now it's time for those pesky Cardinals and their offensive lineup, starting at the running back position. They have one Kenyon Drake, who they traded for last year from Miami, at quarterback Kyler Murray, the wide receiver position, the always and forever iconic Larry Fitzgerald, the young Christian Kirk, and the newly added DeAndre Hopkins. At tight end, newly signed Mac Williams, left tackle DJ Humphreys, left guard Justin Pugh, center Mason Cole, right guard J.R. Sweezy, and right tackle Kelvin Beecham. And the starters for your 49ers defense, up front at defensive end, the $85 million man Eric Armstead. At defensive tackle, we have Solomon Thomas. At the other defensive tackle, we have DJ Jones. At defensive end, we have your reigning defensive rookie of the year, Nick Bosa. We will also see a lot of D Ford. Now for the hot boys at linebacker, we have Dre Greenlaw, Quan Alexander, and the man in the middle, Fred Warner. And for your starting defensive backs, we have Emmanuel Mosley at corner, Jimmy Ward and Tukwaski Tart at safeties, and your 10th year five-time All-Pro Richard Sherman at the other corner. We'll also be seeing a lot of K1 Williams mixed in there. All right, after those big-time matchups, we're going to flip it over to the defensive side of the ball, and we're going to tell you what we think the most important matchups are there. Alex, what do you got? All right, so for me, big key defensive matchup is going to be 
our wonderful, wonderful hot boys. Hot boys. Hot boys versus Kenyon Drake. And the reason for it is what Kenyon Drake was able to do the first time against San Francisco. The 19 touches, 162 yards, and a touchdown. Um, that was surprising to say the least. I think the first time we played him, I don't think anyone in this room expected that. Ant Horse, were you expecting that the first time they played? No, nope. not even. No, I, I don't think it was a thing that was on my mind as a possibility. Like the Kenyon Drake coming from Miami, in which he wasn't doing much of anything and producing anything, was going to come in in Cliff Kingsbury offense in what seemed like basically essentially like five days of actual rep and work, right. just went to town. Um, and so for me, it's important that the hot boys get off to a hot start. Number one, to show the improved tackling ability of the group as a whole. Uh, Kwan Alexander struggled after the injury last year. Fred Warner and Drake Greenlaw have shown that they struggle at times with wrapping up and being a surefile tackler. While I would argue that Drake Greenlaw has been really, really good for a guy who's only been in the league for a year. Oh, yeah, he's Fred, a bad man. He's a bad man, dude. He's, he's legit. He's, he's grade A, top-of-the-line monster that out there. And... Fred Warner has improved steadily. This is the opportunity to solidify themselves as being able to be quality run stoppers um, and put Kyler Murray in positions where he's having to make throws on second and third and long. If you give Kyler Murray an opportunity to be in RPO situations for short yardage, it's going to be a problem. He's going to be able to be mobile. That's where he's at his best. We saw it last year. We struggled for the most part, with containing mobile quarterbacks. And so if you put him in situations where he's got to maybe stay back in the pocket and throw a little bit more, doesn't have the run option right off the get-go, he can't just scramble for four yards and get a first down, it's going to be a whole hell of a lot harder for him to complete stuff, get stuff done, and that opens up our defense to be able to do a variety of different things. Yeah, they like to stretch the defense horizontally and attack that way. So you're going to have linebackers and different players moving in space. It will be curious to see how many times we're actually in three linebacker sets and how many, how much we're playing in the nickel, and so I think that will determine too if they could, if it's Quan and and Fred Warner that are being making all the plays. I think they will be in nickel a lot more than they will be in uh, the three base linebacker set. But um, these guys, these guys can make the plays on Kenyon Drake. Kenyon Drake's a good back. He's going to be catching the ball in the backfield. That's another area that they're going to have to play in really well. So it'll be a it'll be a cool matchup to watch. I think these three can handle it. I will be curious to see um, Quan and Dre how much they play. If it's a 50-50 thing in the nickel, or if it's more split, or if we see a safety coming in sometimes to play that that last spot, and we only have actually Fred Warner and an extra safety out there, maybe a Tarvarius Moore or Jimmy Ward actually slipping into the box and doing some extra coverage, could be fun to watch. Yeah, I think it's an interesting matchup as well. Um, they seem to have figured it out a little bit the second time they played him. First time they played, he, he had 162 yards and a touchdown. The second time they played, he only had 80 yards on actually more touches. So they seem to do a lot better job against him that second time. The first time, I'm going to be honest, if you go back and watch the clips, there's just a lot of missed tackles in open space. And not necessarily getting run over, getting just guys not breaking down, guys taking the wrong angle, and a lot of it's fixed the second time they play if you go watch the two sets of highlights. And it was mostly by defensive backs, not the linebackers. There's quite a few where it's Tart, Ward, K1 Williams, um, one of those guys' job, maybe Marcel Harris, to run the alley right there on a run play, and they get juked out of their shoes. And it doesn't happen the second time they play 
So I think that's going to be a big difference is the defensive backs and linebackers have to tackle. But I think that's a matchup that still favors the 49ers this time around. And they let, they lost Quan Alexander during that game to a pectoral injury that, you know, that's something that can bring down the whole defense right there. You know, seeing a brother or leader go down. And they looked like they were playing without a leader in that first in that first game. So with that being said, mine mine's out of the way now. The Hot Boys, we know how great they are. We love them here on the 49ers cutback. We're big fans. We are. But Ant. Yeah, there's more than just the hot boys. What's going on with this defense? So, what's your key matchup for this weekend? My key matchup is DeAndre Hopkins versus Emmanuel Mosley. Hey, man, um, because I think even though we'll see Hopkins line up on Richard Sherman a few times, I think they're still going to attack Eman, and I think that's going to be a key. If Eman can hold up, if he can make it so we don't have to send an extra guy over the top, if he can play him straight up, um, because they do have other weapons, Christian Kirk. Larry Fitzgerald, um, so they got guys that can still make plays. So he's E-Man's going to have to hold down the fort, and I I really hope he's getting tested right off. Hopkins is one of the best receivers in the league. Um, last year he had over 100 catches, over 1,160 yards receiving in only 15 games. So the dude's legit, and um, he's going to be playing with a similar style quarterback. You know, Deshaun Watson last year, now Kyler Murray. So the, the creation of uh, extra time and – and extra plays, and he knows how to create and break off his routes and come back to the ball. Those type of things uh, are make me nervous. Um, kind of the whole Russell Wilson effect, but with Kyler Murray, those things are always oh no breakdown in coverage. But I think Eman's up for it. I think it's I think it's going to be a battle. I think he'll win some and he'll lose some, but that's the key matchup I think on defense. Yeah, Hopkins is a beast. He's He's a one-of-a-kind kind of player. Um, E-Man better be up for it or he's going to get the ball thrown his way a lot. Uh, I'd, I'm not sure about what they would think, but I would never put him over there on Richard Sherman if I was them, to be honest. Nice. Um, I would definitely go try to pick on Emmanuel Mosley. What they don't know, what we know as Niners fans, is E-Man's up for it. E-Man's a good player. Do you think more people will take a shot at – uh, E-Man, I mean, at Richard Sherman now that people got away with it last year at the end of the season? I think when they have speed guys, they will. I don't necessarily think they a guy like Hop would be the guy that they will do it with. A Christian Kirk's the kind of guy that I think someone would come at him with. Plus, Sherman is the kind of guy, when he sees Hopkins, Sherman's playing his best. When he sees one of those guys, he's playing his best. I can tell you who they're not going to go deep to. That's Larry Fitzgerald because he runs like a 5'3 now. So anything past 10 Wait yards, we're not worried about that. Are, are you saying that I might be faster than Larry Fitzgerald currently? Not possible. Then, um, you just I, made a statement <laughs> that Tom Brady might be as fast as Larry Fitzgerald. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. But, but yeah, that was a good that was a good idea there. Um, But I... I see teams taking shots at him with more their secondary type receivers, like a Tyler Lockett's a good guy, um, Deshaun Jackson, those type of guys, like the explosive down the field guys. Yeah, Sammy Watkins, right? Yeah, that makes sense. And yeah, it, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a big matchup, definitely. Um, it's the question mark still, right, at the DB position. Um, is is that side shirt up? I would I would be shocked if you see. DeAndre Hopkins lining up on that side of the field with Richard Sherman. I would it would absolutely stun me. I would I would be more likely to incline that they would put him in the slot or light him up as a tight end 
before they line him up over Richard Sherman. Uh, if they're going to take shots at Richard Sherman, it's going to be with other guys that aren't DeAndre Hopkins. They want to put him in the best possible position to have the best mismatch with a, what Cliff would imagine to be the best matchup possible, and that's not going to be on Richard Sherman. So yeah, if, if they're going to try anything with Richard Sherman, it would be something like a quick screen. Make him, make him try and make a tackle in space early. Uh, other than that, they'll keep DeAndre Hopkins away from him, test him with their young guys. Larry Fitzgerald, hopefully he uh, isn't running a 5-3. I hope not. Larry, Larry, much respect. Please don't be running a 5-3. I'll feel really bad for you and really good for myself. Um, Larry Fitzgerald is still a dude, by the way. Yes. That guy is... Ooh, that guy is a, I said he runs slow. I didn't say anything else. Yeah, that, that, guy, that guy's a beast. Um, Horst, um, I'm curious to see what your defensive matchup is. I have an idea of where we're headed, um, but I want I want to hear what you say. Hold, hold on. Is there a theme? There is definitely. Oh my goodness! So what wins football games? Um, <laughs> my defensive matchup is the 49ers DNs. So whoever you want to put out there, Bosa, Armstead, Ford, um, those guys, Kerry Hyder, we might see a lot of versus Kyler Murray. And by that I mean keep not only getting pressure on him, but keeping him contained. Because the second time we played them, he made he extended a lot of plays with his feet. We played him better as far as getting rush on him, getting pressure on him. He threw for almost 100 less yards on more attempts. But he extended a lot of plays with his feet. And I was having shades of Russell Wilson, and I get unhappy when I see Russell Wilson in my head. That stuff scares me. Those quarterbacks scare me, the guys that can run around back there, avoid your linemen, extend a play, chuck one up. It never goes well. So yeah. the Niners defensive linemen need to maintain their lanes. They need to maintain contain. And they need to make him throw from the pocket. And I think it'll be a long day for Kyler if they have to. Agreed, man. Agreed there. Well, well put. Well said. Uh, it's it's accurate. It's the thing that burnt us all last year. Quarterbacks able being able to extend plays. Mahomes did it in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Or or holding did it in the Super Bowl. Holding did do it in the Super Bowl. It it did do it in the Super Bowl. But also he did extend some plays. Right. Just it just so happened that the one play that he extended, he also got a little bit of help on. Let's get away from that. Let's I, talk about I other things. I hate to be the call out guy. The guy you see messing that assignment up more than anyone is Eric Armstead when they're in their base front and he's assigned out yeah. there. He dives in on Russell Wilson probably ten to twelve times last year and gets beat out there. And and you know what though, this is where. Nick Bosa's development throughout the year was super impressive. That week one game, he had a lot of pressures on Jameis Winston, but he didn't have a lot of sacks. Jameis got away from him, and he was really aggressive and was diving at ankles, going all over the place. And as the season progressed and we started playing against more and more mobile quarterbacks, that didn't happen as often. When he actually beat the guy off the edge and got there, he made the play or at least slowed him down long enough for the next guy to make the play as well. So... I'm excited about this matchup just for that reason. How much more has he developed in this time off? He looks like he's in the best shape of his life, and he even said as, so as much during some press conferences and to, and to reporters throughout training campus. He feels like he's in better shape than he's ever been. And that was hard to believe because the dude is already in incredible shape. Right? Like flashbacks to the old Tebow man crushes I used to have. In high school, you guys know my my Tebow. I love Tim Tebow. You probably shouldn't let anyone know that. Okay, well, I mean, I did. It's, it's too late. It's it's too late. It's. We happened. want people to take you serious as a football analyst. Oh darn it. Okay. Anyway, besides the point, 
Nick Bosa, his development, his continued development, guys like D Ford, him being able to stay healthy, but th- that tandem, that duo, Kerry Hyder, Chris Kisarek loves him. This this DN group, their ability to slow down and contain these mobile dual threat quarterbacks, it's vitally important and crucial if we want to put ourselves back in the Super Bowl and back in the picture of being the best, if not one of the best teams in the league. Part of containing Kyler Murray is going to be pressure in the middle. Because if those two guys fly off the edge and you don't get any pressure in the middle, it's going to open lanes for him to be able to run. So what we need to get from that interior defensive line is push, whether that is Armstead, Kinlaw, DJ Jones, or whoever else they decide to go in there. Those guys need to get a definite uh, push and then collapse the pocket on him from the outside. We know Bosa and Ford are going to put pressure from the outside. What we don't know is if we're going to get enough pressure from the inside. I expect DJ Jones to really you know, have a great game and put some pressure on. And I think Kinlaw, if he keeps his pads low and he gets off the ball good, is going to cause some problems. Because still, if he's one-on-one, he's still huge and massive man. Plus, if he gets his hands up, Kyler Murray is still five foot nine. I mean, this dude is this dude's like six foot six. He's like crazy high. So this is like Spud Webb versus uh, you know, Charles Oakley. It's gonna be crazy. But um I wanna see I wanna see that push up the middle. I think if you get that push and then they'll be able to contain him from the outside. But if if you don't, there's gonna be lanes for Kyler, and that's when it gets a little bit scary. It's time for a new and improved version of Wow That's Bold. Wow, that's really bold. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. My wow that's bold is that the 49ers will hold Kyler Murray under 200 total yards and force three turnovers. Wow, that's bold. That's bold, man. That's really bold. Holy cow. And my wow that's bold is that often maligned, never thought this was going to happen, most 49er fans, but... Dante Pettis will score the first 49ers touchdown of the season. That's bold. I like that. That's really bold, man. Okay, so mine, love him to death, Jimmy G, Jimmy Jesus, Jimmy GQ, all the nicknames you can possibly throw at this man. He's going to go 22 for 28 for 325 yards, three touchdowns, no picks, and two of those TDs are going to the newest tight end acquisition in the offseason, Jordan Reed. That's right. Full sell, full sale on Jordan Reed this whole week. That was very specific. Very bold, very specific. Probably should have made this a very specific segment specifically for me, but it's fine. Maybe we should ask Coach Horsberry. What do you think? I mean, (laughs) he looks looks like he's got some other things he's worried about. So, All I got to say about this segment is, whoa. Whoa. Whoa, that's really bold. Naturally. <laughs> and now it's time for the newest segment on the 49ers Cutback Podcast with the Azorian one. Let's check it out. Hey, Niner Empire and the Niner Cutback Podcast. This is the Azorian one, Anthony Steves, and you are watching the first edition of Lock It Up. Now I know, I know what you're thinking. Hey, is that that guy from the Capos Crusaders? <laughs> Why, yes, I am the Azorian with Anthony Steves of the Capeless Crusaders podcast, available on your favorite podcast app and on nerdon.tv. Now, I know you also might be thinking another thing. 
Dave, what's a comic book nerd doing on a sports podcast? <laughs> Shut your mouth, all right? Am I a nerd? Of course I'm a nerd. Look at me. I'm wearing Tony Stark sunglasses. But look, just because I enjoy movie blockbusters, independent films, and enjoy an occasional comic book and superhero story doesn't mean I don't have sports in my blood. I've been playing football since I was a wee little lad, all right? And you're looking at someone who is a two-time back-to-back football champion. Sure, it was flag football. But that is where you learn the fundamentals. So therefore, that makes me a two-time back-to-back champion of the fundamentals of football. Mm. This is Lock It Up where I'm going to give you my picks every weekend for the NFC West, starting off with week one. That's right, I'm covering everyone in the NFC West, from our beloved San Francisco 49ers, all the way up to the dirty, rotten seagulls flying around saying, mine, 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 and all the way down to SoCal, where there's a bunch of Rams running around. Starting with this week. Now, we got the Rams going against the Cowboys, and in my pick, as much as it stings me to say, wearing the red and gold, I see the Cowboys beating the Rams. Then we got a bird fight going on where the Seagulls, I mean Seahawks, my bad, take on the Falcons. And in that game, I see the Seahawks squeaking out a win against the Falcons. And of course, we got the Niners going against the Cardinals. And in that NFC West battle, Niners all day. That's what I got for you. Those are my picks for the opening weekend, week one, in the NFL 2020-2021 schedule. That's what I got for you, wearing beautiful Tony Stark sunglasses and telling you, peace in our time. This is the Azorian one, Anthony Steves. <laughs> All right. <laughs> the Azorian one, guys. Uh, if you don't follow him, you should follow him. Yeah, he's hilarious. And so let's let's go through uh, the Azorian one's picks, and let's throw some of those out for us as well, what we're thinking. So let's go ahead. Let's kick it off with um, the Cowboys versus the Rams. Horst, who you got winning the 125 game, Cowboys at Rams? I got Zeke running wild, Cowboys winning 27-17. I don't have Zeke running wild in that game, but I do have that Cowboys offense sticking it to the Rams offense. Rams coming back late. Cowboys, 24-21. All right, I thought this one was going to be close. I think the offenses are going to take a little bit to get started. Maybe more of a defensive battle. I got the Cowboys, 20-17. to All right, so the next game on the schedule is the Seahawks at the Atlanta Falcons. Alex, who do you got? Well, we saw the Azorian one. And he, he took a good one there. He, he, he took the Seahawks, and that's, that's the consensus favorite. And I'm going to throw a little bit of a curveball here. I think that Seahawks defense, and we've been talking about it, I think this is the year of, of the magic starting to crumble for Seattle, and I think it starts, starts in week one against these Falcons and that high-powered Falcons offense. I think Todd Gurley shows that he isn't as washed up as everyone thinks he is. Falcons winning 28-20. Yeah, I think the Zorian's the Zorian one's right on this. Um, as much as I hate the Seahawks, I I can't pick against them in this. I think they're too good for the Falcons in Week One. So Seahawks twenty four to twenty. Yeah, I'm gonna have to agree with those guys. I have the Seahawks winning. I think Atlanta's gonna be up twenty eight twenty seven. 
I think Russell Wilson's going to throw a ball. It's going to bounce off 11 people and someone's going to catch it, get into field, get into field goal range. You know what I'm talking Although I'm joking, yeah, everyone everyone here knows what I'm talking about with oh, Russell a, Wilson. There's a belt on the line, He's man. He's going to make know. a ridiculous play and the Seahawks are going to kick a field goal as time runs out to win 30-28. to 28. I mean, it could happen, but... There's a big asterisk. It's going to have to bounce off 11 helmets. Otherwise, it's not going to count. I'm sorry. I can't do it. I can't let him have that one. Uh, and then, of course, the matchup that we're all here for and the one we care about the most of all of them, the Cardinals at San Francisco. The Zorian one obviously took the wonderful and fantastically gifted team that is the San Francisco 49ers. Anthony, though, what are you thinking? I think the Zorian one is right again. I got the 49ers winning 31-27. I think Shanahan schemes it up in the first one. I think Jordan Reed and George Kittle are too much. I think uh, McKinnon gets involved early and often. And I think actually the 49ers are up, maybe 31-17. And then a couple late scores by Arizona, but it's just not enough. 49ers 31-27. Yeah, I have the 49ers winning. I think it's a pretty good game up until about halftime. I have them winning... 31 to 17. So your couple plays aren't going to happen. Alex. That is that is incredible because I also have 31-17 San Francisco horse. So you and I on the money with the, with the numbers. So it'll be 31-27. They will definitely be 31-17 <laughs> and the man of the day is going to be the man who now wears number 81. This is an Anquan Bolden jersey. I don't want anyone to freak out and think this dude actually has a Jordan Reed jersey. No. It's a Bolden jersey in honor of the fact that he played for both of these teams. But Jordan Reed is going to be the man of the day. Lock it up right now. Sounds like someone just didn't do laundry. There's a chance also that I just didn't do laundry. That's possible. I can't wait for the game on Sunday. I just can't wait, man. Yeah, I've been waiting for this uh, since the day after the Super Bowl. Time to get rid of that bad taste in all our mouths. Look forward to a new season. Revenge tour. It's here, man. Revenge tour. We've been waiting, all of us. We've been super pumped. Every 49ers fan, every 49ers player. So let's let's do this, baby. Week one. Let's go. Woo! Didn't think we were gonna get here. We're here, man. Let's we're get here. this. Yeah, let's I was scared here. a little bit, but we got here. Man, let's this game rock. This is gonna be hype. I'm I'm excited for this one. Um, I'm also excited about the future of the show. Make sure you guys check out future episodes that are coming up. There'll be a new one on Tuesday. Don't forget to check it out. Check out any of our other videos along along the way. Like, subscribe, do all that cool stuff. Thank you so much for watching the show. Hey guys, you know what? Chalk another one up.